So the title of my message for today, I'm going to call it Missing the Mark. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 15. We'll be there in a second. But while you are turning, um, I really like illustrations. That's kind of my favorite thing. Uh, that way I can see it and picture it. So imagine a basketball goal, okay? And it's right here. Can I make the shot if I'm facing this way and I'm shooting this way? No. Okay. Now, if you're playing baseball and you turn your hips out when you're swinging, it's going to go that way, right? Compared to if you turn in and whatnot. So, and if you're playing soccer and you're kicking this way, but the goal's that way, it's going to go that way. So if we're not playing to where the goal is, how are we going to make the shot? And I think a lot of it comes down to, it can be compared really well to our faith. If God is this way, but we're facing and we're shooting this way, we're always going to miss the mark. If we're not moving towards God, we're not building that relationship with God, how are we supposed to achieve our goal? How are we supposed to get closer with him? We can if we're aiming that way or in that way or whatever direction he's not in. So let's look at Luke chapter 15, uh, starting with verse 11. So this is the parable of the lost son. He also said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate I have coming to me. So he distributed the assets to them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all together he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living. After he had spent everything, a severe famine struck that country and he had nothing. Then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one would give him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food, and here I am dying of hunger? I'll get up, go to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and went to his father, but while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, threw his arms around his neck, kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father told his servants, Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then bring the fattened calf and slaughter it. And let's celebrate with a feast because the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So I want to break this down a little bit. First, so you have this son goes to his father. He's like, hey, dad, uh, I want everything that I'm going to inherit, but I want it now. So the father's like, okay. And so he gives it to him. Then he decides, you know what? I'm just peace out. I'm leaving. So he leaves, goes, has parties, has a fun time. You know, he, what he thinks is a fun time at least. And it's all gone. He loses all of it. It's like going to Vegas. If you have a gambling addiction, you're going to lose all the money you brought with you probably. So he goes, parties, loses everything he has. Then there comes a famine. He starts working for a citizen, feeding the pigs. And you know, you're at the lowest of lows right now. You're feeding pigs while your father's servants are full, healthy, eating every day. You're like eating the pig food, 
and it's just not going well for him. Nothing's going his way, basically. So he decides, I'm going to go back to my father. I'm going to apologize for what I did, and I'm going to uh, volunteer to serve him, basically. So he goes back, and his dad is just overwhelmed with joy because his son that had left him is now back and is now right where he was before, and the father is just so overwhelmed with joy that he gets him a robe, sandals, put a ring on his finger, get the fat and calf slaughtered, we're having a feast. Like, it's like, let's go. And doesn't even let him finish the sentence about, I'm no longer worthy to be your son, you know, I'm just going to serve you. He's like, oh, oh, it's all right. Let's get, let's get a robe, let's get a, a ring, let's come on, we're having a party. So you may be asking, how does this go with missing the mark sports and the prodigal son? How do they all combine together? And there's three main points that really tie everything together, especially for me. So point number one, say point number one. Point number one. Miss the mark. So in the beginning, the son wanted his share. So he wanted his share. Therefore, he's not looking at his goal anymore. He's looking at his greed. He wants the money. He wants what he th believes is owed to him right now. And so he's not looking at his goal. His eyes are not turned towards God and everything God has for him. They're turned at money and his greed. He goes, parties, squanders his fortune. Eyes still not on the goal that he needs to be looking at. He's still missing the mark. And finally, after all his misfortune and losing everything and getting to his lowest of lows, you know what he realizes? That he needs to go back to his father, apologize for what he's done because it was wrong. The way he left was just, he was like up and left, like, okay, bye. And offer to be one of his servants. Saying he's not worthy of being called his son. And in this moment, he goes from here so now he's looking back at the goal. He's, since he turned away from it, he's now realigned and looking back at where he needs to shoot his shot at. He's coming in with a repentant heart, knowing he's done wrong, willing to change and be a servant. Now he has the opportunity to make his shot. Compared to before, it was inevitable, inevitable he was going to miss. So... His eyes are on the Lord, and now he has the opportunity to fulfill all the blessings and receive all the favor God is trying to place in front of him. You see, when we take our eyes off the Lord and we look at the stands, the surroundings, whatever's distracting us, aka the world, we are setting ourselves up for failure. We're setting ourselves up to miss our shot and setting ourselves up to miss the mark. So in Hebrew, there's a Hebrew word, it, it's spelled like chet, but I looked at like the Blue Letter Bible translation thing where they say it to you, it's like hate. So it's, I think it's like het. <laughs> het. So that's what we're going to say it as. And uh, in it, it means to sin, or in archery, it means miss the mark. So chet means to fall short, and in Hebrew is miss the mark. So when we turn away from God, we set ourselves up for failure. We are not allowing God to work fully or at all in our lives. And uh, the Gospel Project put out an article in August that kind of defines Miss the Mark pretty well, and I liked it. It says, 
despite being a three-letter word, sin is incredibly complex with many faucets that work together to present a complete picture and help us understand why it is so serious. Let's explore one aspect of sin together. One aspect of sin is missing the mark of God's standards set for humanity. At first blush, missing the mark sounds like it could be referring to a simple mistake or an unintentional error. But missing the mark actually refers to falling short of God's glory through conscious choosing of sin. So, is it appropriate to refer to sin as a failure on our part to live according to God's standards? Sure, but here's the thing. We have to recognize that this failure is intentional. We miss the mark when we deliberately choose to cast aside God's intentions for us. And that last part was really good. We miss the mark when we deliberately choose to cast aside God's intentions for us. Isn't that what the prodigal son did? His father had his intentions for him, was him to be in the family and work and be a part of this family that's growing and is wealthy and doing well. And he decides he doesn't want that. He wants what is owed to him so he can go have what he saw was a good time. He knew it was wrong to do what he did and to leave the way he left and to do the things he did while he was gone. Yet he still did them intentionally. Therefore, he fell short of the glory of God through his conscious choosing of sin. If we look at uh, Proverbs 8.36, it says, But the one who misses me harms himself. All who hate me love death. And uh, this is kind of like a sobering conclusion to certain things. We do not like to think of ourselves as loving death. But consider this in, re in relation to Proverbs 21.16 where it says, The person who strays from the way of prudence will come to rest in the assembly of the departed spirits. A person who wanders and makes no conscious effort to get back on track, no effort to repent, is drifting with the current. Who's ever been like whitewater rafting or like in the river and you ever been pulled with the current a way that you weren't really planning to go, but you still ended up going that way because it was so strong? So you're getting pulled this way, getting pulled this way. But the thing is, who's ever like gone into that current just to get that little adrenaline rush or that little experience of, oh, this will be fun, this is a little rapid area. So that's what happens here is we're making no conscience ever to get back on our trail. We're choosing this path that's drifting us away from where we need to go because it's fun, it's cool, it gives you that adrenaline rush, huh? Because he's not really taking advantage of the great gift he has been given in understanding the purpose of God. He loves death. The Bible consistently shows that those who do not consciously and purposely direct their lives towards obedience to God, in reality, love death rather than life. Christ came to give us life. He gave us a way that we are to follow. He expects that we are to make efforts to do so. If we neglect it, can we say that we are really following his way? If we just drift, can we honestly say that we really love his way, that we are really followers of Christ. The conclusion from God's point of view is that those who are just drifting, neglecting, love death. 
But the most important part of me of the story is, uh, even after all this, we had point number one, which was miss the mark. Say, miss the mark. The biggest part of this for me, and there's three points, but the biggest part is point number two. Say point number two. Say he came back. So he missed the mark, then he came back. So just because he missed this shot, he missed the mark on this shot, or maybe a few shots or several shots. You know, he, may, he missed a lot probably in this little time that he was out doing what he wanted to do. That doesn't mean he won't make a shot again. So just because we miss a shot, because as humans we're imperfect and we will miss here and there, doesn't mean we won't miss every shot after that. It, it doesn't mean we're just, a, you know what, we're on a... We're on a cold streak in every zone. We're missing everything. We will make a shot eventually. We just have to make sure we're getting lined up for it. So, it's the same way with us humans. If we look at a Romans 3, 22 through 26, it says, The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. To all who believe, since there is no distinction... For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is Christ Jesus. God presented him as an atoning sacrifice in his blood received through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to, to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteousness and declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. God makes people right through their faith in Jesus Christ. He does this for all who believe in Christ. Everyone is the same. All, who have, all have sinned and are not good enough to share in God's divine greatness. They are made right with God by his grace which is freely given to us. They are made right by God, by, they are made right with God by being made free from sin through Jesus Christ. God gave Jesus as a way to forgive people's sins through their faith in Him. God can forgive them because the blood sacrifice that Jesus pays for our sins. God gave Jesus to show that He always does what is right and fair. He passed over the former sins and still does what is right. God worked all this out in a way that allows him to judge people fairly and still make right any person who has faith in Jesus. This is such a, a really impactful set of scripture because it shows just how much God loves us and what he did. God's given us this free gift of his grace. He gave us this free gift of his son he gives us his mercy, his love, all of these things. And yet, just like the prodigal son, we go and squander it all with the things we want to do, the things of the world. And yet, all he's saying is, you know, no matter what, you can come back. You can come back to me. I'm right here. 
You know where I'm at. I'm still here. Even though you've turned this way and you're bricking all your shots because you're airballing, you just got to turn towards the goal now. And uh, point number three, say point number three. Say keep moving forward and don't look back. So, when we miss the mark, is it a good idea to dwell on that miss? No. When we do something wrong, is it good to dwell on that one thing we did wrong? Pastor Marcus, when you play basketball and you miss a shot, do you, do you just think about that one shot you missed the whole time? No, because you have to move on so you can make more shots, right? So for us to be able to have the clear mind to make our next shot, we need to forget about the miss we just had. We give it to God. We repent. We come in with that repentant heart. Give it to God. And now we need to move forward and walk in his grace. So we look at Philippians 3, 13 and 14. It uh, says... Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Jesus Christ. After we have missed a shot or multiple shots or whatever it is, we've just seemed like we've missed everything. It's important that we don't just dwell on that. That we don't sit there and think, well, I'm not good enough because I missed. Well, I'm not going to make another shot because I missed this. I can't make a three-pointer because I've missed two three-pointers already. I can't hit a home run because I've never hit a home run. Whatever it is, use sports terms there, um, it doesn't matter. Don't sit there and dwell on it. Move forward to your new day that God is preparing for you. We need to walk in the grace that he's given us, that free gift of grace that he's given us there. And we just need to realize that God loves us, and he wants us to be with him, and he wants us to love him back. Pastor Ron once told me, um, the value of a gift doesn't matter about the value you put on it. It's all about the value someone, the person that gave you put on it. And then I was like, wow, that's pretty good. Because you think about it, your grandpa has this really old watch that means a lot to him that he gives you, but you're like, man, this thing is a piece of trash. But to him, it meant everything. And so therefore, the value isn't placed on what you think it looks like if it's like all rusted and rotting. You're like, oh, that's great. It doesn't matter because he has this value in it and it means so much to him. So therefore... It doesn't matter what the value we're putting at it. We need to value it the same way he did because he loved it so much and he gave it to us. Our relationship with Christ, God has so much value on his son, yet he still gives his son to us to die on the cross. So therefore, the value we put on Jesus Christ doesn't mean anything. It's all about the value that God has put on the gift that he's given us. It's all about the value of the gift of grace that he's given us, his love, his mercy. That even as humans, when we keep messing up, like, didn't we learn from the flood? Like, why do we keep messing up? And I've never figured out the answer. Google don't help. 
So you can't figure out why humans mess up. You know why? We're imperfect, you know, Adam and Eve, stupid snake. That's why snakes, you know, bad. Mm. So we get so stuck in this point of I can't do right because I've missed all these other shots, huh? You know, I can't be a golf pro because, you know, I just, it does, I don't play golf. I'm pretty sure if I started playing golf and I got really, really good, I still couldn't be a golf pro, but I'd be good at golf. If I was really good at basketball and, you know, I still probably wouldn't be pro, but I'd be really good at basketball. If I was really good at baseball, probably wouldn't be pro at baseball, but I'd be really good at baseball. It's all the outlook of it. I'm really good at this, but you know, I miss. It's all right. But I'm good at it. Or I'm bad at it. It's all right. I'm bad at basketball sometimes. Like last night, I was bad at basketball. I played, oh man, it was rough. It was hot. It was like, <laughs> I just stay at one end of the court half a game. So I was, I was like, I'm not moving. I'm only playing offense. So it didn't work very well. We lost. So. <laughs> I'll be honest there. So we don't need to dwell on our misses is basically what it comes to. And uh, I want to conclude by going over our three points and giving you all a little bit more for it. Uh, So number one, say number one. We will miss the mark. Is that good? No, it's not good. Because, you know, it's falling short of the God's glory he has for us. But as humans, we're imperfect. We will miss the mark here and there. We will mess up. We will do things wrong. And it's our nature to do things wrong. That's how it is. We live in a world that is full of sin, so therefore we will miss the mark. There will be days whenever we are straight up splashing every shot, splish, splash. I was taking a bath, draining it, nothing but net. And there will be days whenever you are airballing because it's a bad day and you just happen to airball that day. But it's all about getting your eyes back on focus, looking at the goal, and being ready for your next shot. So, number one, we will miss the mark. Number two, say number two. two. If we miss, we have to come back. If we take our eyes off of the Lord and start looking that way or looking that way, um, it's a most likely one of two things will happen. If you're in a game of any sorts and the goal is right here, but you are looking this way at the stands, one of two things is going to happen. Probably three, actually. Number one, you'll get the ball and you'll miss. Number two, you won't get past the ball because they're like, okay, well, he's not acting very smart over there looking the other way. Or number three, you'll get the ball passed probably to the back of your head and you're going to have like a head injury somewhere along there. So we need to, we missed the mark. Now we just need to focus our eyes back on the Lord. Get back set on what's right and know that God has a plan for your life and he will succeed. And number three, say number three. Three. Keep moving forward and don't look back. If you mess up, it's wrong. Yes, repent. Repent. Get your heart in check and move on. There's no use crying over spilled milk or crying over the things you've done. 
God loves you and wants a relationship with you. He wants an all-in relationship with you. He doesn't want half of you. He doesn't want a fourth of you. He doesn't want a quarter of you, whatever. That's the same thing. Just realize half and a quarter, quarter, what's been going on. So, God wants an all-in relationship with you. And there's no way that can happen if you're too focused on the things that you've done in the past or the one thing you did in the past or whatever it is. There's no way that you can move on. You're with a girl. You have a girlfriend, a boyfriend. You will never move forward with that girlfriend if all you do is talk about your ex-girlfriend. That is right. Or your ex-boyfriend or whatever it is. You will never move forward in a relationship if all you do is talk about your old friend group. You will not, you probably won't be with that friends and your friend group anymore because you're only talking about, oh, well, my, my last friend group was so fun. We used to do all this, this, and this. Don't focus on the things of the past, past sin, past failures, whatever it is. Give it to God and move on. And ultimately, if you take anything from this, just take this. God loves you and God has a plan for your life. <laughs>